What's up, man? It is me, Charles Scott, man, Trey, back here in the break room, man, for episode 67, 67E7. Man, welcome back to the break room, man. So it was a whole lot to get into, and I told y'all we're going to be right back again for next week. Evan, again, is unfortunately not with us, but, hey, we're going to get it in anyway. So, yeah, um, the first thing, I mean, obviously— so we recording on. The, I'm recording on a Saturday right now. The playoffs are going on right now. So y'all know I love you because I ain't watching them right now. I'm going to try to get this recording in. So anyway, the Chiefs are playing the Jaguars right now. The score is currently 17-27 Chiefs. Now, if you were one of those people who was already thinking that maybe the Jags could pull it out, I don't know, man. You know, hey, they got to, they kind of got to the playoffs. You know, you're crazy. You know, not saying that the Jaguars aren't performing. They they are. They really are. And I tweeted out early not too long ago, I was saying that Christian Kirk really earned that contract. If you don't remember his contract, we all said it was ridiculous. Uh, me and Evan said it a while back, you know, back in the um, – offseason when he got that it was 72 million dollar contract with 37 fully guaranteed which was ridiculous he he hadn't even had a thousand yards up until this season but he's absolutely earned that full that uh that entire contract he's put up over a thousand yards he's completely transformed the jaguars offense he's given um trevor lawrence a number one uh target which is himself obviously and um when Ridley comes back from his suspension, <laughs> that offense is going to be lethal, especially in that division when it's basically wide open because nobody else is anything. The, the Colts are missing. They've been kidnapped by I don't know who knows. The Texans are. We know what they are. They've been dog water. And the Titans. Um, we don't necessarily know what's going on with them. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they don't waste Derrick Henry. You know, like I said, they made it to that uh, AFC Championship the other season. and But I don't know necessarily what they're going to do with Ryan Tannehill. Um, if they're going to draft a quarterback or anything like that or try to trade for one, that seems to me more likely what might happen. Um, but who really knows? You know, they're kind of in disarray right now. The Chiefs, as you know, if you're watching the game right now, if you're going to miss the game, you're going to listen to this recording. Patrick Mahomes got hurt within the first quarter. Granted, he came back after halftime. Um, he had, like, somebody tackled him, and he kind of twisted his ankle a little bit, something like that. Anyway, like I said, the Chiefs are still ahead 27-17. Well, now because they scored, and now it's 27-17, with currently seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Anything could happen. As for me, I already felt like the Chiefs were going to run away run away with this. Granted, the Jaguars did over, and I don't say overperformed, but they did a lot better than I thought they were. The game is a lot closer. Moving forward to the other games, we've got a whole lot of other closer games. We're going to go and run our pick segment early. And so since the Chiefs and Jags games are going on right now, we're kind of just going to forfeit that game because, you know, hey, it's already kind of sold up for the most part in my mind, you know. We still got the Bengals and the Bills. To me, this is the closest game in the playoffs. It's going to be the closest to me, in my opinion. Just off the um, the seasons they had, what we know about the teams. I'm picking the Bills. Also, something to think about. The Bengals are missing three of their starting offensive linemen due to injury. So that's going to be major. I think the Bills' defense is going to feast on that. Granted, if Josh, well, Josh Allen cannot turn the ball over like he did last game, do I think that's going to be enough to give the game away? Absolutely. Joe Burrow, I mean, I want to say that against all odds, you know, even with that, that the Bills could, uh, they still should run away with it. And because three of his offensive linemen are out, 
eh, they did it last year, and they got to the Super Bowl last year with uh, with taking nine sacks against the Titans. You know, so man, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it up with Joe. You know, until he just you know it proves that you know when things come against him, he won't succeed. So I'm still gonna take the uh, Bills overall. <laughs> Again, the next one is the Eagles and the Giants. I'm taking the Eagles. They're just a superior team. I think the Giants really played their best game last uh, this last playoff game when they played against the Vikings. Right? Granted, the Vikings' defense is absolutely putrid and horrible, so it kind of makes sense why they have such a great offensive game. I think Saquon will be okay in this game. Even though the Eagles do have a great run defense, I still think Saquon will get, uh, let's say, between – 90 and 110. I think he'll be somewhere in that range. Daniel Jones, though. Daniel Jones had a, the, almost the game of his life last game. He, he was looking like a prime RG3 almost. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case this game. He, I don't know if Lightning's going to strike twice in the same spot. But we will see. So, But I'm still taking the Eagles. The next game, the Cowboys and San Francisco. Man, this is probably... This one, along with the Bengals, is probably the correction. The Cowboys in San Francisco is probably the most interesting. I think the Bengals and the Bills is the hardest to pick. I'm actually good for Cowboys in San Francisco. I'm going to pick San Fran just because San Fran has the number one defense this this past uh, regular season, and they have a top ten. They have a top ten offense. We seen what Brock Purdy is doing, man. It's insane. We also see what Dak Prescott has has transformed himself last game because that's what was going to be a big concern, that he was going to turn the ball over during the Tampa game, but he did not at all. And they really performed. And we all know about that Tampa defense in the playoffs. They retained a lot of the same pieces they had last year and their Super Bowl run. So Dak would get that respect for uh, over overcoming that defense and that team. But even with all that, I'm still taking San Fran. My ghost pick for the Super Bowl is probably going to be San Francisco, San Francisco, and the Chiefs. Oh, got a phone call. As far as the uh, San Francisco and the Cowboys game, I don't think it's going to go. I don't think the Cowboys are going to really muster any real offense, to be honest with you. I can see them doing it early. I don't see them sustaining any kind of run past halftime. I just don't see it. I know what I said for the, my Super Bowl pick was probably my go Super Bowl pick is going to be the Chiefs in San Francisco. And I want to give you the AFC and NFC Championship results, but, man, that Eagles in San Francisco game is, ooh, man, that's a good game. And But for the AFC, I feel like it's going to be the Chiefs and Bills. I feel like the Chiefs can thrash the Bills. I feel like the Bills are very human. They're not the gods people expected them to be in the preseason. So, yeah, that, I don't really – I see that. I almost feel like that's a foregone conclusion. I think the Chiefs got it. Uh, wrap up our pick them segment, man. Follow us at the Break Room HOU on Twitter and the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram and the Break Room Podcast One on Facebook. Follow me, three, oh no, ooh no, Charles underscore on air, man. Follow me on Twitter and Charles three underscore on air on Instagram, man. Y'all take it easy, man. I'll see y'all on the flip side. Ratchet is one in French, she's not Philippe. That's the type that put me in my mood. She know that I'm out, but she come cool for me. She know how to put me in my All right, man. Yo, what's up, man? Welcome back to the break room, man. Uh, episode 67, like I said earlier, Sesenta y Siete. And, man, the first thing I'm going to go and get into, man, we haven't really t- talked about it at all. For the most part, I know the season's already started. But some basketball, some NBA, man. So here's the thing with this. Well, not the thing with this. 
because the scoring output, all the things that happened with Luca and and Giannis and all the scoring, you know, all the scoring, all that's been, you know, we don't put that aside for right now. The first thing, because obviously, if you've been listening to the show, we are based in Houston, Houston, Texas. And so the main thing I'm going to get into, as I'm pretty sure you might have already heard about, and if you hadn't, man, look, look here, listen up. It's John Wall's comments. Now, John Wall was recently on a podcast, and I'm going to have that sound bite for you. I'm going to let you hear it in just a second. But to give you a quick overview, basically he talked about everything that was going on in Houston and the tanking and things like that and talking about Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and trying to show them how to be vets. Anyway, let me just let you play the clip. When you got traded to the Rockets, talk about the Rockets' experience. Trash. I don't know. I know. Beyond trash. Like, because, uh, I'm going there thinking Jane's going to be there, you know what I mean? Once yeah. I get traded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he already wants out. When I landed, I'm like, what up, woo? I'm about to land. I'm about to go do my conference shit. He's like, well, I'm on my way to Atlanta for a little baby birthday. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> f- he talking about you want to get on jail with me, bitch. I just got traded here. <laughs> I can't fuck up. I got to be on good terms. Like, I don't know how the yeah. owner is, the GM is. I don't know nothing. Yeah, like, right. it's new. This ain't like I'm in DC. Am I in DC? I'm like, hell yeah, we out. Right. It's my show. Yeah. This ain't my show over here. Yeah, nah. So we do that. They like, so he don't come to training camp, none of that. So, you know, that that news is all toxic yeah. for me. I ain't playing two years. Right. Mom passed, Achilles, mm-hmm. then COVID. So I'm like, I don't give a fuck who playing, who not. I just want to who. I'm just trying to get yeah. on the court. That's it. So I did that, went there, worked my ass off, played. I mean, we lost 20 in a row. We was trying to lose on purpose. Tanking. Yeah. yeah. Like, we started starting this name Justin Patton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we started me. This is how I started lining was, I saw knew, like, me, David Nawaba, mm-hmm. Jay Sean Tate, Justin Patton, somebody else. I'm like, but who the fuck can I win a game with with this shit? <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> it's crazy, though, but how how did you, because you the, you the vet at that time. So I was just like, so me, I was just, being a professional. Yeah. Like, I always wanted to teach them, like, don't get used to this shit. It's not how the NBA is. Right. Like, it's just a bad organization right now. Mm-hmm. Like, they got to fix some shit around. But, like, I always talked to Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, mm-hmm. KJ. I'm like, yo, don't get adjusted to this losing shit. It's not how the league is. Yeah. But at the same time, I had to tell them, like, the shit y'all getting away with over here, if you go to any other teams, you'd be out of the league. You'd be like, playing. you wouldn't play. You're not playing. I wouldn't play. No facts. So I'm trying to explain that to them because they think it's sweet. And I'm like, if you ever get traded and go somewhere else, you can be like, this motherfucker was right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even though they didn't want to, in my second year, they didn't want to play me at all. They're like, because they told me, like, at the end of the year, my first year, they're like, yo, we want to bring you back. We love the way you're leading the team. You've been in leadership for the young guys. I'm like, I said, I don't give a fuck about doing nothing. If I, in my, I said, if God put me in this place to help the young guys, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. But I'm not here. He didn't put me here for y'all motherfuckers to try to tank and me be a player that can still play and just right. be wasting just, my talent. I'm not, not doing fast. that. Yeah. They're like, y'all, you going to start for us next year, whatever. And I would have been fine coming off the bench for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, don't just give them a spot. Let them earn it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So I go back to check on my condo a month before the season. They call. They're like, yo, come in the office. They're like, yo, this is coach talking. He's like, yo, how would you feel come off the bench? I said, for who? No offense, but who? I'm your best player last year. Like, uh, this is what the GM wants. This is what you want. I mean, he wants you to uh, play 10, 15 minutes a game. Sometimes don't play. I said, I'm not doing that. Either you're going to guarantee me some minutes. Right. Well, I'm not. But I'm like, let him up earn a spot. Not facts. And the coach, he was like, man, you don't deserve that. Like, you should be a starter. Like, you don't. But he's like, this is what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. I said, I'll rehab. I'll work out every day. I'll stick around the team, come to meetings, fly with y'all, mentor the guys. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm doing. Then it got to the point of, like, don't come around. Like, they didn't want me around. Like, I had to work out at 7 a.m. Like, I was a rookie. 
They want you to come around at all? Like, I had to work out before they got there. So, like, when they would come in to practice, I'd be at home by 10. Well, I'd be back home by 10.30, chilling all day. Dang. So, That's I'm like. Nuts. So, I'm like, and my kids live in Miami and shit. I'm like, man, I can't be here. But now I'm like, I'm bored as shit. Yeah. yeah. From 10.30 all day, I'm just chilling to the game. Right. The game at 7, I get there at 6.59. I ain't playing. Already done worked out for the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I'm yeah. in a whole nother place. I'm like, I'm going out like a motherfucker. I'm like, bro, this is boring as hell. I'm wasting money for no reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I said. Let me go back to Miami. Get on a regular schedule, spend time with my kids every day. So I get traded. I didn't get traded. And I mm-hmm. got a buyout and I signed here. That's how it all went. That's how crazy it was, though. That's crazy. Okay. So he Damn. talked about all these things, right? And talking about how they wouldn't get away with this in any other franchise, any other team. And how James Harden, you know, when he was out and where right before he left, um, Steven Siles became the coach and things like that. The thing I want to just bring up and bring to everybody's attention is that what creates basketball culture? What creates a winning culture? Like, what, what is that? What is, a, what is a winning culture to you? Some people would think, oh, Greg Popovich with the Spurs, Pat Riley with Miami, Bob Myers with Golden State. Or, or I guess you could say Steve Kerr, too. Well, yeah, Steve Kerr would go to stay. He's been there, so. The Celtics organization. Things like that. I bring up all these other squads and all these other franchises, what they all have in common. Obviously, championships. The first thing you're probably thinking, what are you talking about? The Rockets got chips. They absolutely do. But what is the difference? What are those teams doing right now that our team is, that the Rockets aren't doing? Winning. They're not winning. And why is that? John Wall just spoke about it earlier. Nobody hold nobody accountable. No good vets. Bad culture. Building bad habits. All these other things. All these other things are like all these bad uh, characteristics and things I just named. They're feeding into one another, into the franchise and just creating just a bad overall environment. We've seen how disengaged, we've seen how disengaged Eric Gordon looks. Get that man to a, actually a winning squad, man. Why he's got his last few good years left. And, you know, the crazy thing is, it's like, I know you probably want to bring up Raphael Stone, the GM of the Rockets. Steven Siles, the coach of the Rockets. And you wouldn't be wrong. You wouldn't be wrong. We gave Steven Siles a, you know, and it's like, what's the turnover rate for basketball? Because obviously, you know, in the NFL, it's a little different. You have you can't have a team with all young players. You go obviously you're gonna have some vets. It's a 50, 53, 55 man roster. It's gonna be deeper, you know. Basketball is not that deep of a squad. It's a tightly knit group. Steven Saws is on his third year with the with Houston Rockets. I will go through his first in his first year. We gave him a pass. Granted, I will say that. Because he was expecting Russell Westbrook to be here and James Harden. He was expecting these guys to still be here, and they weren't. So we gave him a pass on that. Steven Saws, first year with the Rockets, 2021. 17 games won, 55 losses. Steven Saws, year two with the Houston Rockets, 2022. No, 2021, 2022. Won 20 games, 62 losses. Oh, bro. Currently, right now, with 45 games played, the Rockets have 10 wins and 35 losses. It was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? 
Is it? No, not by No, now. it's not fun anymore. Not even. Also brings up the point where you like, well, John Wall did say they were tanking, and tanking is a is a purposeful thing. They're trying to get Victor Wimbenyama, excuse me if I butchered his name, but I don't know who all played sports before or have met people who've played sports before. You want to know why athletes hate winning? Because you don't want to get used to that feeling of losing. Or I say hate winning, hate losing. You don't want to get used to that feeling of losing. It trickles down into every other thing. You know, I'm not about to get into the whole psychology of it, you know, but winning breeds more winning. Losing kind of breeds, somewhat does breed more losing. Granted, some of these Rockets games, they're pretty close. They're in the game. I won't take that away from them. They do do be in the game. But they don't know how to win. Currently on a losing streak right now. And you're probably thinking, oh, you're saying that if the Rockets keep losing, the players for the Rockets will also get used to losing, and then they'll kind of just won't see it as very important. Now, you could take it that way. But also, Steven Silas has coached with a lot of the teams. He's coached with the Mavericks, coached with Charlotte. He's been in the league over 20 years. Assistant coach, now he has his first head coaching job with the Rockets, right? You also want that for the people in the front office. We know what the Hornets are. The Hornets don't win anything. If you ask me, LaMelo Ball might, might, just might be one of the most overrated players in the NBA right now. <laughs> not saying he's not good, just a little tad bit overrated. You don't want your people in the front office to start almost accepting the culture of losing because that's, that's a deeper problem. Once a, a team or a franchise accepts the culture of mediocrity, that's going to go past your players' um, playing span. Or I don't want to say lifespan, but past their, their time with the team. You want to know what – I know a lot of you know where the term spiraling out of control comes from. When you make one bad decision and then you make another one and you make another one and you just keep on making bad decisions because you're spiraling out of control. We don't want that for the Houston organization. They made some good picks, but you get one loss, another loss. That's why it's so hard to snap streaks. It's hard to make them and it's hard to snap them. We've seen it. I just read to you their wins and losses over the past. Well, currently this is the third year with Steven Silas. Over the past two years, and now this is the third. We want better for them. Obviously, you'd be insane to say that the Rockets team currently right now is untalented. You don't know basketball if you think the Rockets don't have talent. They're extro- extremely talented and extremely young. You know who else is a young squad? The Memphis Grizzlies. Uh-oh, uh-oh, he brought them up. Yeah, that's actually good. Yeah, yeah, that's another talented squad, but they're winning. The Pelicans, though slightly older, have a moderately young young core squad, also winning. You get the right vets in there. They're winning. It's a tough pill. And, you know, if you were to ask me how I want the Rockets to run, well, well Trey, what, you, what, you, what they ought to do to fix it? First, they ought to run the offense through Sangoon because obviously, not even obviously, it's looking like if you go look at the numbers – and go watch a game, if they ran Singoon and made him something like a Jokic to where you make him at the top of the um, at the top of the key and ran it through that and you let KPJ and Jalen Green almost be slash guards, because we're not great shooters, it changes the dynamic of the offense. They can finish at the rack. We know that. They're some of the most athletic guys in the league right now. They don't have to shoot too much. Just some food for thought. Yeah, man, hey, look, that's going to wrap up our NBA segment, man. Follow, follow us at The Break Room, H-O-U on Twitter, and the that break room, that podcast on Instagram, and The Break Room Podcast 1 on Facebook, man. Where, wherever you get your podcast from, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Chromecast, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, man. The Break Room 
Podcast. Search it up, man, and it's there, man. Follow me at on Twitter at Charles. Three underscore on air And then follow me on Instagram At Charles underscore on air man So y'all take it easy man We'll be right back With the next segment We ain't even out in church You finna take sands Riding around with F and then We like to hold hands Boat was too sipped out He ain't need a bed Then I did the pint of tech In a cold red If I tell it to pull it She gon' mo pit it My doggy don't smoke on Unless it's unleaded I don't back and forth Over no nest Just gone did it See me when you see me If it's smoke doggy unleash Yo, what's up, man? Welcome back in the break room, man. So I want to introduce a little fun segment. I, you know, change it up a little bit. I thought about this. I was with my boy MC, man, and you know, <laughs> it's a little fun segment. See if you got y'all can tell me if y'all like it, man. So anyway, this is gonna be called. I really had, honestly, I ain't even thought of a funny name for it. A good name. Anyway, it's gonna be called movie quotes, and we're gonna take some of the most famous movie quotes and attach them as if they were a tweet from a player a coach, an organization, and whatever. They're gonna ha- they are gonna have to at somebody, right? So, yeah, man, it's going to be fun. This is just so funny. So, anyway, go on and get started. Here's going to be our first one. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. If you don't know that one, that's from The Godfather. So, you're going to say that's going to be Dan Schneider adding in other NFL honor, uh, owners. Toto, I've got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Colorado football adding Deion Sanders at Coach Prime. You had me at hello. Jim Ursay at Jeff Saturday. <laughs> but anywho. Oh, okay, here's one. A boy's best friend is his mother. Ravens at Lamar Jackson. I'm as mad as hell. Kyler Murray at Cardinals. Show me the money. Lamar Jackson at Ravens. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Cliff Kingsbury at Cardinals. Is this your king? Sean Payton at Cardinals. I see dead people. Houston fans at Texans. I'll be back. Tom Brady at NFL fans. I'll have what she's having. Aaron Rodgers to drug dealers. I feel like the luckiest man in the world. Deshaun Watson at the Browns. And lastly, I'm the king of the world. Bears at the NFL draft. Hey, yeah, man. So that's been all for this show, man. Follow us. I had a quick one. Follow us. I'm going to get back and watch these games. <laughs> follow us on the break room, HOU on Twitter, and the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram. And follow me at thebreakroompodcast1 on Facebook. Follow me at Charles3 underscore on air on Twitter. And then follow me on Instagram at Charles underscore on air, man. So y'all take it easy, man. I'll see y'all next time.